You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott with uh, with ZoneCoverage.com as well. I'm sorry, you had me messed up from the other day when we were, we were talking about the athletics, so I almost said the athletic, but nope, you're with ZoneCoverage.com. Tony, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, Joe. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just chilling tonight. I don't know. I, uh, I slept all day today. I was up last night trying to to get an article done at ZoneCoverage.com. Uh, it was an investigative series where I uh, got exclusive <laughs> access to Kirill Kaprizov's cell phone, and uh, and I, I looked through his text message history with the Wild GMs and. Uh, it's up now for you to, to peruse at zonecoverage.com. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so you slept all day today. Did you did you catch the introduction of the NHL's thirty second team? No, but I was uh, I was up not that long after that for a little bit. Okay. Uh, so uh, so I, I, I snuck a peep at it, and uh, yeah, the Seattle Kraken, Kraken or Kraken? I'm gonna say Kraken because Kraken. Uh, like we're 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 seeing we're seeing a lot of not very cool jokes, uh, yeah, about that. So it's the Kraken to me. I'm pretty sure it's Kraken. Um, but uh, what are your initial thoughts on the jersey, the colors, and the logos? So I like the name quite a bit. Um, okay, I, I I understand criticism that it's too maybe like uh, internety. I guess for a better word, just That's like Odie McBoatface. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Where it was just like let's 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 do something ridiculous and uh, like you know ten years ago, like people would have been like, oh, make it the Seattle Narwhals, and like mm-hmm. yeah, that would have sucked. I don't know. There's something kind of cool about Kraken though. Um, I, I kind of like that. Uh, sock guys wouldn't have been too bad, and, and I'm sure there were others where it was like, oh yeah, you know that that would have worked too. I don't know. There's a lot. Right. It's a unique name. I like that a lot. Sure. You, you haven't seen like there's not really any other name that uh, that in sports that you you see like that. Like I, I guess it would have been similar if uh, if Seattle did like the Seattle Sasquatch or the Squatch. Sure, uh, which would have been cool in its own right too. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, like score one for cryptozoology—that's really great. Uh, the colors and the logo, I think, are a little bit boring. Um, okay, you have uh, you have uh, the S logo, and, and it's mostly just an S. They try to do the Hartford Whalers thing where they have negative space with yeah. the tentacle, and that's it's a, not—it's a gothic S, but yeah. It's not, it's not bad, but it is just like a little bit boring to me. Okay. Um, I I really didn't like the um, secondary logo until I saw that uh, they hid the space needle in the design, and now I like it a lot more. And yeah. uh, and the colors are are real generic to me. Like they're basically like to me that's like almost the Winnipeg Jets color scheme. <laughs> uh, and like I think they could have done. Uh, a lot to differentiate themselves on that. I've seen a lot of people suggest like, uh, like a coral and teal color scheme. Um, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's like a shout out to salmon, like in the okay. area, like the the wildlife there. And sure. I think that would have been uh, a pretty cool thing, and, and just like bring another unique element of um, of of you know jerseys, like make it stand out a little bit. As it mm-hmm. stands now. 
like the, the logo and the colors on the jersey together like the way the jersey is designed i think that works uh but i, I kind of wish that uh, they were as adventurous as the name kraken suggests okay see i don't mind the simple s i mean and, and it's more than simple but i don't mind nest logo I think that's fine. I'd actually really like an M logo for the Minnesota Wild as well. So I'm I'm on board with the simple nature of the S for the most part. I do like the secondary logo with the uh, the spine of the anchor being the the space needle. Um, I can I can understand the colors. Your complaints on the colors there. Uh, it is just kind of blue on top of blue. Like if you took the different color swatches at, uh, at your local hardware store when you're when you're looking to paint and it's just different shades of blue. So I understand that part too. Uh, overall though, I thought for the most part it was a fairly clean look um, and not a terrible inaugural jersey because if you look back at the Wilds inaugural jersey, it was very, very basic if you ask me. Oh, it was extreme 90s at the same time. Yeah, at, yeah. so uh, I think that for the most part, it, it could have been better. I, I, I do think that the name is a little cartoony. So How, is that bad? Why is that bad? I guess I, it, I think it's fun. I just don't know if the Seattle Kraken or Kraken really rolls off the tongue well. I don't mm-hmm. I, Maybe I just because it's so new, I'm not used to saying it, but I just it doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like it really rolls well. Yeah, I don't know. But, what did you think of, like, the Vegas Golden Knights then? Golden Knights sounds like a college team. or But um, overall, I thought with the Golden Knights, I, di- I didn't like their brand of gold. I like more of, like, the Pittsburgh gold mm-hmm. um, that they use, that, that they employ now, where it is more of, like, a, just a, a brighter yellow than, like, that that almost like gold leaf foil that they have on it. But I don't necessarily hate that. I think the V in the night helmet looks good. Um, and in golden Knights, I think is, is just fine. I don't know. I the Kraken. It, maybe I just got to get used to it. So, but uh, welcome to Seattle, the NHL's 32nd team. How excited are you are to go to Seattle to see a game? I'm excited to leave my house period. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, when, but, when we can do it in 2022. Seattle is a place that I do want to go check out. I've heard it's it's a really a badass town, a great sports town. Uh, so I do want to go check it out and see the uh, the Pacific Northwest. That would be pretty cool. All right. Well, we've got uh, a fun little Friday. We're going to talk about a few things for you this this uh, this Friday episode. But I do want to talk to you first about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need with just a few easy clicks because you know, their catalog is incredibly easy to use and it's loaded with all the parts your car will ever need. I mean, this thing is loaded at rockauto.com. You, you search by your, your make and model your year and it'll have it for you. And it just delivers right to your home. Really, really simple, easy to use. And guess what? It's even more simple because it's just one price. You don't have to worry about negotiating or trying to get a bargain or buying in bulk or anything like that. It is just one price. They don't have separate tiers for their mechanics that come in or for the do-it-yourself or like yourself. You just go in, you order, and uh, you, you 
you purchase right there the one simple price that shows up to your door and when you do go to the checkout and you type in the uh the how did you hear about us make sure you write in locked on and uh, so they know that we sent you it's amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com welcome back to today's show of locked on wild it's joe and tony guiding the ship for you here on your friday it is the friday before i guess the exhibition series and then uh, next week we actually get into real games hopefully hopefully once they get to edmonton everything goes smoothly so uh exciting stuff here as we get back to nhl hockey and uh, i think the big thing is too is uh got actual games to break down i think that's the the part that i'm looking forward to as well mm-hmm. um i'm checking the inbox we got an email from ellie to our inbox remember you can go to locked on wild at gmail drop us a line drop us a question like ellie did and uh this Ellie's is a new a email yeah this is an email it uh from Ellie again, address lockdownwild at gmail.com. Why does Jules Erickson Eck look like Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, obviously, being the first overall pick in the in the NFL draft this past year from LSU quarterback, went to was it Cleveland or Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I think it was some one of those orange brown Ohio teams, but Cincinnati. yeah, it was Cincinnati. Okay, so uh, I kind of pulled it up, I kind of compared them side by side. I do think that Jewel has uh darker circles around his eyes yeah but um, like you know maybe it's because he was staying up too late and, and joe burrow he's got he's got all those millions already so he can you know take it easy could be uh maybe it's because the uh the nhl plays at night most of their games and college football um you know they play during the day and it's sunny out at 11 o'clock and uh you know he can get his bedtime rest Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're just obviously conjecture, but I do see the similarities, Ellie. Appreciate the email, so I appreciate you uh, dropping it. it's not really answering her question. Why does he look like Joel Erickson Eck? Maybe he's a Miko Koivu offspring? (laughs) Both of them. Uh, that's, That's not a bad theory. That's not a bad theory. I would say that everyone's got their doppelganger, right? Like, everyone's got someone out there who looks just like them. And, uh, like, uh, for example, I knew, uh, I knew a, a friend of mine in college who, uh, weirdly enough, only when he was drinking, but when he was drinking, he looked like Alexander Ovechkin. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's got, everyone's got like a doppelganger out there. Uh, it's... so I think it, it just so happens that, uh, Jules Erickson X doppelganger is also a, uh, professional athlete. It's funny you mentioned that I have a friend of mine going back to even like his senior year of high school, but all the way through college, we'd be, he'd be at the bar and I've actually been at the bar with him when some random girls would walk up to me and be like, do you know that you look like Matt Damon? <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was always the, uh, obviously from team America world police, it was the Matt Damon. <laughs> we'd always <laughs> joke about with them when we we're drinking and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was always kind of the inside joke, but, uh, it was, it was one of those things where, um, yeah, he definitely looks like a, a Matt Damon type. So it's kind of funny that you mentioned how everybody has their doppelganger. I, on the other hand, do not feel like I have found who that could be for myself. Speaking of Miko Koivu's kids, we're talking about, uh, you know, return to play here and the Wild are heading to Edmonton after today's scrimmage to quarantine so that they can partake in the uh, 
qualifying round series against Vancouver. I know all next week we're going to be gearing up for it at zonecoverage.com. So make sure you tune in to zonecoverage.com slash wild. Check out all the coverage that we're going to be pumping out for you next week. But on this podcast, we're going to talk about kind of Miko Koivu in general. Like it could be three games. It could be four games. It could be five games, or it could be a little bit more than that, depending on how, if the wild advance, but is this, the final games of Miko Koivu's Minnesota wild career. And do we need to be soaking it up as much as we can? I I don't know. Like it, I, he hasn't really said one way or the other, if he was going to come back or not, but it, uh, I think we talked about it before, right? It, it might be a thing where it's like, it might not be his choice. And even if he thinks that he has some NHL time left in him, right? Mm-hmm. All Minnesota has to do is say, Oh, you're not coming back. And then if he's, right. You know, if he is going to stay in the NHL, it's going to be with a different team. And I think that's, um, it might be, it might be different this summer, right? When it actually is, is happening, uh, or if it actually happens. <laughs> well, if summer is basically over, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose this offseason when, uh, right. Uh, but the thing is, is it's like when he gets to the offseason, is he going to be okay? Uh, walking away from the NHL uh, if Minnesota says, well, we, we don't really want you back. And I, I think that'll be a real tough question for him to answer because on, mm-hmm. on one hand, I do think that being a lifelong Minnesota Wild player is important to him. But at the same time, like if you feel like you're not done and someone is like, I don't think you're done either. Come play with us. How do you turn that down? I I don't know if you can. Um, I mean, we saw his brother Saku, who obviously played a long, long time in, in Montreal. And even in the twilight of his career, after he got traded or after he left Montreal, he went to Anaheim for a few more seasons and still played out the string. Um, obviously a, a, a less than effective Saku Koivu, but... Uh, you do wonder if maybe there's still a little bit of that where maybe Miko does pick up. And I do think that there are teams that are players that, that really believe that playing for one team really, really matters to them. Joe Maurer, that mattered to him. I think Kirby Puckett, that mattered. There's a, there, uh, Kent Herbeck. You look back at some of the players in um, that have come through this market and playing for one team really does matter to them. And I wonder if Miko Koivu fits into that mold as well. Especially since Miko would be the first player to really do that. Like, obviously, there there are players who have played with Minnesota and have um, have only played for Minnesota, but there's right. never been a, a Minnesota player uh, even half, I would say, as prestigious as Miko, who has played his entire career with Minnesota. Like, it, it's still a pretty young franchise, and... Um, yeah, he would he would have like he would be the first person to be able to claim like the title of Mr. Wild or whatever. A- absolutely. Yeah, he's he's be the first guy to do it. Um, certainly, you, you mentioned that there's players that have played their entire career with the Minnesota Wild, but they're usually two, three years long. Whereas Miko is we're talking, what, 16 seasons? I forget now. It feels uh, like 15 game was. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say it feels like his five his one thousandth game was forever ago, but it was just this season. So, uh, but yeah, it, it does feel uh, pretty crazy that um, 
we the Wild have only really kind of one player that has played that many games uh, for his entire career with only one team. And I don't think there's any shame in not doing it either, right? Like, I, I, I think, like, Eric Stahl, for example, like, I, I, I don't think there's any shame in Eric Stahl, you know, having a second part of his career in Minnesota after spending 12 years with the Hurricanes. But at the same time, like, yeah. I, I think it does, I, I think it does mean a lot, and I think it means a lot to, to, to Miko. So, um, but I, I think, I think another question is, like, okay, like, if Miko comes back next year, like, what does that look like? What do you mean? I, I, I mean, like, how much does does Miko have left in the tank? Um, oh, okay. I mean, if you're talking about him as a player, I think that there's potentially enough there to bring him back another year. But if you're asking about, like, what does it look like in his leadership capacity, what kind of capacity does he have in that locker room? Is he still going to have that kind of prestige in there? I think he would, but I'm, I'm just wondering if there's going to be, like, a – a change, if he brought was brought back next year, would there be a changing of the guard or at least a beginning of a transition where it's like, okay, Miko, you're taking a step back. You're, you're here, but this is really their team now. So I'm, I do wonder about that. And maybe that's too much for Miko to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back for another year. Speaking of coming back, we're going to come right back up after this. You're listening to lockdown wild. Welcome back to the Friday episode of Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony from zonecoverage.com. Here for you to finish out your week. Tony, we were talking about Miko Koivu, and uh, I mentioned how, you know, if we if the Wild brought him back as a player, that I still think that there might be something left in the tank there. Uh, and the reason kind of why I think this is I think watching him in the scrimmage both last Saturday and then on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, I think it was like 11 or it was either a 10. No, it was a 10 a.m. scrimmage start. Anyways, uh, I think he looks like he's moving really well. He looks to be in great shape. He actually looks like he lost a little weight, to be honest. Um, and I think that he's just as effective. Um, you, you probably read it in The Athletic, but uh, overall, like his line, even the fourth line with Donato and Ryan Hartman, look to be creating chances, look to be dominating uh, defensively still. Um, and that even in a in a fourth line role, I think I think Miko Koivu still provides quite a bit compared to what you possibly could find out there in the market. Um, and and if you bring him back, you're not going to bring him back at his, his five million dollar price right now. No. So you get him for a deal for a year, especially in a weird year. Maybe that's not such a terrible idea. It is a terrible idea, obviously, when, with the ramifications of what it does to the locker room in terms of like trying to changing over the guard, but. Uh, what's your thoughts so far on like Miko Koivu as a player? You know, I I didn't hate that line at all. The the Donato Hartman Koivu line, and and he seemed fine uh, playing on a fourth line role. And I think that if he were to come back, it would it would almost be like certain, right? That oh. uh, that he would be coming back, and he would be coming back for this role specifically. So if he was ready to do that, which I think he is, you didn't hear anything behind the scenes about Koivu griping or grumbling right. about his role or anything like that. So as long as that is in order and he's looking like he did in the second half of the season, uh, where he is playing a limited role, but he's also, you know, uh, playing an important part, right? Like centering mm-hmm. that fourth line. 
Um, like that wasn't just you know him providing defense there. That was him you know facilitating uh, you know add like Ryan Donato to to be the best that he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Ryan Hartman had some life to him too. Like um, I would be okay with that. Did you end up catching a little more of the scrimmage? I did not. I was asleep during it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. Well, what, okay. what did you see, though? I'm interested in what you saw. Well, so in this scrimmage, they did, since they practiced special teams on, uh, I think it was even yesterday or the day before, that uh, you know they started to call penalties, and so there were power plays in this scrimmage. And I got to say, like, Team Green was pretty loaded up with their first power play unit, and they looked really good. And Parisi ended up scoring on Dubnik in the first and the and Team White fairly easily on a on a rebound shot that came from the point from Ryan Suter. That being said, there wasn't like a Team White player around Parisi at least you know five feet close to Parisi, which was a little troubling. So it's like Team Green had their their special teams practice down because Team White and I forget who was all on that power play. Uh, but their power play looked really discombobulated, looked, uh, struggled to make coherent passes. Rask uh, had issues getting the puck across the blue line and then fumbled the puck near the blue line. It just it was kind of a folly of errors, I think, on their two power plays. And penalty killing was um, was left to be, a lot to be desired. So, um, but you know, it is a scrimmage. They're not going full bore. They're not. Uh, being physical out front and trying to, to you know, cross check Parisi in the in the back of the, uh, uh, you know, in the in the kidneys at all like they would, <laughs> like he would in the uh, in, in these games. So I think the exhibition game against Colorado is going to help get more of an idea of how ready this team is to really jump into this thing. Um, but uh, so power plays in general, I thought uh, they moved the puck fairly well for Team Green. And then penalty kill on Team White was uh, was lackluster, and I'm, I'm assuming that's probably just a, a makeup of your first power play going against like a second PK, and then your second line PK for Team White um, just not being able to muster much. And it is going to be tough uh, come to these games if the Wild uh, can't figure out a way to get room on their first power play units and uh, the second power play unit can't even get in the zone it'll it'll be it'll be rough if they can't take advantage of special teams well maybe they just played such good defense joe maybe maybe that's it (laughs) um was there anyone who like really stood out to you particularly like uh you know guys who uh aren't maybe top six top four guys you know i will say uh callan addison made a really really nice play to set up a goal for I think it was Marcus Felino. Marcus Felino scored two goals. I thought he really stuck out. He was on Team White, and it felt like he was being outnumbered by Team Green like crazy, um, where they had issues just getting out out of their zone uh, and getting any sort of pressure. And Felino, I thought, really shined for Team White uh, because obviously they you know they have to have balance out the roster a little bit. Um, and then Capo Kakinen, I thought he made three really big saves in the third period in the 15 minutes that he was in the net uh, on breakaways. Again, looking calm, cool, uh, shut down the five hole, didn't allow much at all. And there was a couple of uh, opportunities that, uh, that uh, the team white gave up to team green 
and uh, I thought he looked really, really good. Um, and lastly, I think uh, as a player that really stuck out, like Jared Spurgeon is just amazing. I mean, he is skating well. He, he's creative with the puck and uh, on defense. He's like the Kevin Fiala of defense back there right now. He <laughs> is incredible right now. He's just flying and, and just – creating like crazy I, I i still shake my head at some of the things that he's been doing in just these scrimmages and and uh, it's amazing so um you know fiala had a, a couple of good chances again just misfiring a little bit uh he did set up i think one of the goals where it popped out and, and created a rebound um and i'm trying to remember who that was exactly but um yeah i do think that uh that he's gonna be ready to go i do hope that in the exhibition game that uh, his scoring touch then in the in finishing and wrinkling the twine will come back. But he is again, just dynamic in the offensive zone, carrying the puck again. He, he still is the same player um, when it comes to carrying the puck in the zone. He just does not want to dump the puck in. So that's, I think that'll be effective as well as the tries to go up against this Vancouver defense. All right, Tony, uh, that's probably gonna do it for today's episode. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find my work at zonecoverage.com. You can follow my work on Fridays at zonecoverage.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That's JoeBoo15 on Twitter. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help this show get discovered by more wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can get in touch with us like Ellie did via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Please support our sponsors because they support us. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. Be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.